Well, it's a pleasure to be here. I didn't know I was the most consistent, so I guess I must be doing something good, I guess. I don't know. Um, but you know, of all the times I've been here, it's the first time that my wife and children are here with me. So I want to welcome my wife, Tia, my son, Marcio, Marcio third, and my daughter, Isabella. So Tia is uh, uh, the worship leader at Lighthouse. So every time I came and spoke here, somehow she was leading worship there, so she couldn't come. Today, someone else is leading worship, so she could be here. So it's a joy that she's here. And you know, as, as we're talking about um, languages and how do you say this, and sometimes I speak in English and Spanish. Spanish is my first language. I'm from Honduras. I was born and raised in Honduras. And I didn't come to um, Wisconsin, to Madison, until I was in high school. And I didn't speak any English. I had to learn English when I came here. Back then, when I was going to high school, coming to Sun Prairie was like a road trip. I mean, like, I was going to uh, West, and if we had to play Sun Prairie, I mean, you had to, it was, it was a road trip. It was like, wow, where are we going? In Wisconsin. So, um, and back then, it's funny because I didn't speak much English. Uh, English is getting better. It's not there yet, but it's getting better. But um, there was this one time that I had to translate at the church, um, and the pastor was telling a story about the boogeyman, how his, chil- his children were afraid of the boogeyman uh, hiding under the bed. Uh, I've never heard of the boogeyman in my life. I didn't know what it was. I, I should actually Google it because I don't even know how it looks like. In Latin America, we, we deal with the chupacabras and, and la llorona and things like that. So I didn't know anything about the boogeyman. And uh, I thought he was saying the boogerman. So I'm translating, and I'm saying, el hombre moco, you know, which means the booger man. And I mean, I would be scared if I'm a child, and there's, there's a booger man under the bed. Uh, I mean, but the congregation is laughing because, you know, why a booger man? And I was like, hey, that, those are their monsters in the United States. Don't judge. You know, they have their booger man. My wife was there kind of like telling me, you know, it's not, but I couldn't understand what she was saying. So anyways, the whole message, uh, I translated the message as the booger man. Then afterwards, it's like, it's not the boogerman, it's the boogeyman. <laughs> Sounded the same to me. So that's what you have to deal with when, when um, you're new in this country. <laughs> so let's get into the word, uh, and let's start with a prayer. So Father God, we give you thanks for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you because there is power in your word. And I pray, Father, that as uh, we are ministering your word, Father, I pray that you will transform hearts and that you will renew uh, the minds. I pray in the name of Jesus, uh, Father, that your word will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. Uh, Use me and that everything that we do and say today will be for your glory. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray and we all say amen. So I have Lighthouse, I always repeat this after uh, I pray, before the messages. So I want you to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. That's what Samuel said to God, and God spoke to him. Um, you know, as I was thinking about what to speak about when I was coming here, um, I was dealing with different things. And, you know, oftentimes in life, we try to fulfill our needs, our desires, or wants, with things in this world that only God can really provide. You know, we try to be satisfied with things in the world where God is the only one that can satisfy us. 
We have all these wants, we have all these needs, and God is the only one that can fill those voids. There's many voids in life, and oftentimes we look at the world, we look at our jobs, we look at our spouses, we look at our children, our finances, and many, many other things to fulfill these desires, to to fill these voids, and the truth is God is the only one that can bring us to that place where we feel completely satisfied. And, you know, and that's what will happen in the garden. You know, when you go to the book of Genesis and you read about Adam and Eve, they had it all. They had everything they wanted. They had everything they needed. All of their desires were met. They were perfect. The Bible tells us that they will walk with Jesus. His presence was there. I mean, they, they, they had control over everything. They were perfect. And yet, Satan comes and tells them, there's something that you don't know you want, but you want it. And you need it. And if you eat from this tree, the tree of uh, you know, uh, the knowledge of good and evil, if you eat from this tree, then you, you can become like God. So what happened? They had it all. All their needs were met. All their desires were satisfied. They were complete. And yet Satan deceived them into, they were in, 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 into thinking that they were missing something. And what you need is to eat from that tree. And they go ahead and eat from that tree. And since then, that's been the story of humanity. From the moment that we are born, we want things. We desire things. And we're never fully satisfied. We spend a lifetime, an eternity, trying to fill voids that only God can fill. And we look for love, and God is the one that can give us love. And we look for success over here. And we think, maybe, maybe if I get married, you know, I'll be happy. Maybe, maybe if I have children. Maybe have two children. Maybe have three children. Now, maybe if I had two instead of three. You know, and, and, and we're always kind of <laughs> trying to fulfill something that, uh, and we're never uh, satisfied. So what happens is, when we try to meet our needs with the things of this world, with material things, with carnal things, we will always be disappointed. And we have a story in the Bible that talks about that. And I want us, if you have your Bible, uh, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 29. Whether you have a phone or a Bible, we're going to read from Genesis 29. We're going to read verses 31 to 35. This is the story of Jacob. If you don't know who Jacob is, he is the one that deceived his father into getting a blessing, faking it like he was his older brother, but he wasn't. Then he got on a fight with his brother Esau. That's a whole nother message, but, but then he ran away. So he had to run away because Esau, his brother, wanted to kill him. And he went to his uncle's place, Laban. Laban had two children, two daughters, Leah, everybody say Leah, yeah. and Rachel, everybody say Rachel. So before we read these verses, uh, 31 to 35, let me give you a little story. Um, so Leah is the oldest daughter. And it seems like nothing works for Leah. You know, she's, she, uh, actually the Bible says in Genesis 29, verse 16 and 17 says, now, listen to this. Now, Levan had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger one was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Imagine how Leah must have felt when she read this. I mean... 
when the, the, the Bible does, in, in Hebrew, the translation for she had weak eyes is, is very difficult to translate. So that's why some translations actually said that she, uh, there was no sparkle in her eyes. Another version says that she was cross-eyed. But, but anyways, what, what the Bible is trying to tell us is that uh, everything worked out for Rachel. Nothing worked out for Leah. And then here comes Jacob, and he looks at Leah, and she's like, ah, she's okay, but I don't like her. And then she looks at Rachel, and he's like, wow, she is the one I want. I want to marry her. And she goes to Laban and says, I'm willing to work for seven years so that you can give me your daughter, Rachel. Leah was the oldest daughter. And in, tr in tradition, the oldest daughter was supposed to get married first. And imagine what's happening. Here comes this eligible bachelor. Leah gets excited. And Jacob says, yeah, no, I like her and I don't like you. So imagine how she must feel. You know, she never gets picked for the team. Uh, people say, you know, oh, your, dad, your sister is pretty, you're ugly. You're the oldest one and yet the youngest one is going to get married first. Everything is happening like that. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but it seems like, you know, at work, you might feel like, you know, no one pays attention to me at work. Uh, no one looks at me. Everything happens to this person. Nothing happens to me. The grass is always greener in my neighbor's house. And that was the situation with Leah. You know, I was trying to explain. I was like, how can I explain this? It's, it's, imagine Leah. She's fit. She looks good. Uh, and she eats all these carbs and she never gains weight. I mean, Rachel. And Leah eats carrots and she gains weight. That's kind of what's happening, you know, and everybody's like, what is going on? So then she, he works for seven years, and it's the wedding night, and Laban deceives Jacob. And the night, when they were supposed to spend the night together, God, uh, Laban says to Leah, you go and lay with him. You spend the night with him. They spend the night together, and in the morning, Jacob looks at her and says, you are not Rachel. Can you imagine the rejection that Leah must have felt? Can you imagine how she must have felt? There she is in the morning, and Jacob says, I don't want you. You're not the one. I wanted Rachel. And then he goes to Laban, and they get in an argument, and he says, you know what? I'm willing to work another seven years so that you can give me Rachel, because I don't want plan B. I want Leah. Can you mind how those seven years must have been for Leah, knowing that her spouse is working hard because you are not the one that he wants? He wants Rachel. So that's the story. That's the summary. And now let's go and read these verses, 31 to 35. Now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved. And he opened her womb, but Rachel was unable to have children. Leah conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Reuben. For he, she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved. He has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was Levi. And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, This time, everybody say this time. 
This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. Everybody said she stopped having children. And we're going to get back to that. So what's happening here? Remember, Leah is feeling rejected. She's feeling like nothing is working out in her life. She has all these wants. Her want is for Jacob. She loves Jacob. Jacob doesn't love her. She wants Jacob. Jacob doesn't want her. She wants Jacob to be attached to her. Jacob has nothing to do with her. And that's what she's feeling. So then the Bible tells us that God loves her and opens her womb. And she has a son, and the son's name is Reuben. Reuben actually means God sees. Reuben means God sees. So she's excited. So she says, Leah conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction. Surely, now my husband will love him. So here's the thing. She has a son, names him Reuben because God sees her. And even though God... Think about this. The creator of heaven and earth, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the most loving God ever is looking at her and seeing her. She's like, well, I know you're seeing me, but what I want is for Jacob to see me. Thank you, God, but what I want is him. Her eyes were not focused on God. Her eyes were focusing on her needs, on her wants. wants. And you know what's, what's beautiful about God is that God is the one that, you know, saw the affliction of the Israelites. If you read Genesis, it says, God see, saw the affliction of the Israelites and he sent Moses to help. God saw Rahab when she was in the de desert, when she was mistreated, when she was rejected. The Bible says that God saw Rahab in the desert and went and helped her. God, God saw our situation, our sinful state here on earth. And you know what he did? Because he saw us, he sent his only beloved son to die on the cross for you and for me. So that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says that when Jesus was here, he saw the multitudes and he had compassion on them. God sees you. God sees your needs. God sees your wants. God sees what you're going through. God sees your situation. God sees how your boss maybe doesn't see you. God sees how maybe your spouse doesn't see you. God sees how maybe your children don't see you. God sees it all. And he's there for you. But you know what? Oftentimes God is seeing us. And we're wondering why isn't he seeing me? Why isn't she seeing me? Why isn't the pastor seeing me? Why doesn't the pastor say hi to me? Why does everything work for Rachel and not for me? So then the Bible tells us that he went ahead, she went ahead and had another baby. And he says, verse 33, then she conceived again. Sounds like she had this want. Oh, here's my other chance. She conceived again. And he says, then she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am in love. He has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. Simeon means God hears. There's a reason why she's naming these children the way that she's naming them. So here's the thing now. God not only sees her, but God also hears her. But guess what? She's not too concerned about God hearing her. What she wants is to be loved and heard by Jacob. 
And that's often what happens in our life. God is blessing our life, but yeah, but this is not working out. That is not working out. This is not working out. And yes, God, I know you hear me, but, but, but I want things to work out for me here in this world. And we try to have things, and they don't fulfill us. And we want someone to hear us, and maybe someone hears us, and yet still we don't feel fulfilled, and we don't feel accepted. And we always feel like, or somewhere else. And God says, I hear you. God not only saw the cry of his people and said, and said Moses, but he says, I heard their cry. I heard their cry. Because God is the one who hears, hears us. He says, I hear your requests. When we pray, he says, I hear you. As a matter of fact, he says, you can come boldly through the throne of grace and bring your request to me because my ears are open to you. He's leaning towards you. And he's listening to you. He hears you when you cry. He, he hears you when you're sad. And he's there for you. And yet, we want other things to satisfy our lives. Then we go to verse 34. And it says, And she conceived again. Everybody say again. Yes. See, as you notice, she keeps having children and more children. And she says, this is the one. This is the one. And yet she's not satisfied. Because guess what? It's not the children that will satisfy her. It's not Jacob that will satisfy her. It's God, the only one that can satisfy her. So she says, and she conceived again and gave birth to a son. And she said, now, this time, my husband will become attached to me. Because I have borne him three sons. Again, she wants Jacob to be attached to her. So she names him Levi. Levi actually means to be attached. To be joined with. And here's the, the thing. You know what God says? That he wants to be one with us. He wants to be attached to us. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the head of the church, of the body. We are the body. And he is the head. We're actually attached to him. You know what, what God says? That he wants to abide within us. That we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not only does he want to be joined with us and attached to us, he actually wants to be inside of us. His last prayer, Jesus' last prayer before he went to heaven, before he died on the cross and went to heaven was, Father, you and I are one. Just like them and I, we are one. And, and, and we should all be one. And it's all about being one with us. He is joined with us. He is attached to us. He is within us. And guess what? Leah is saying, well, I want my husband to be attached to me. And again, we have Jesus in our lives. We come to church. God is part of our lives. But we think that the joy is going to happen when we get a better job. And the joy is going to come to our life uh, when, when we are loved. So maybe if I get married... Maybe if I have children. Maybe if I get another job. And we're trying to feel, find this fulfillment. And single women want to get married. Married women are trying to figure out how to get out of the marriage. 
and we're doing counseling. And a pastor of mine used to say, I'm going to bring the, the married woman to the single woman, and they can have a conversation because they're all, you know, they're, and they can learn from each other. But that's what's happening. But then something special happens. Because God wants to be close to us. God hears us. God sees us. God wants, God wants to be attached to us. And yet our eyes are somewhere else. And yet we're not content. But then in verse 35, it says, And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, This time, I want everybody to say this time. This time, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah. And then listen. And then she stopped having children. Let me clarify something. She had more children. But in this portion of Scripture, God decided to put that sentence there. And then she stopped having children. You know why? It's almost like something clicked in Leah. She's been wanting to please Jacob. She's been wanting Jacob. She says, Jacob is all I need in my life. If I have Jacob, if he sees me, if he hears me, if he's attached to me, I will really be happy. That's what I want. I keep having children. And then she realized, what I need is God. I'm looking for something in Jacob, that only God can provide to me. I'm trying to fulfill my needs in Jacob. And the truth is, God is the only one that can fulfill my needs. And this time, she did not say, oh, you know what? I have another children, and I'm going to call him this because of Jacob. No, she says, you know what? Enough with Jacob. In the midst of my situation, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of what I'm going through, I'm just going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to worship him. And he named, she named her, her son Judah. Judah actually means to praise. The king of Judah. It's a whole tribe named after Judah. And, and, and he means to praise. So what happened? She went from trying to get her needs and her wants fulfilled and satisfied in the world to saying, you know what? In the midst of this world that is full of situations, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. And this time, I'm going to praise him. In the moment, in the midst of her situations, that she started worshiping God, guess what? She stopped having children. That's what the Bible tells us. You know why? Because it was almost like a saying, everything you wanted is here now. You don't need another children to feel complete. You don't need another child to feel complete. You don't need, you don't need to please Jacob. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, he will take care of your needs. And that's what happened. And how beautiful. She says, I will fix my eyes on God, not on Jacob. I will fill my voice with God and not with Jacob. And my desires and my needs and my wants. I will seek him, God, and only him. My fullness is in God. Not in my children. Not in my education. Not in my job. Not in how much money I make or I don't make. My fullness is in him. My security is in God. It's not on my health, on my youth, on my finances. If COVID has started something, is that no one is safe. And many people lost their jobs. Many people lost their health. Many people lost their friends. Many people lost church. But you know what? God was still there. 
Oh, but if, if I had a job. Oh, but if my business wouldn't have closed. Oh, but if this happened. And you know what? I'm not saying that the situations that you're going through are not serious things that we have to deal with. What I'm saying is, the moment that you fix your eyes on Jesus and you decide to praise him in the midst of your heart, Life in the midst of the rejections that you're facing, in the midst of the fact that no one is paying attention to you, God will fulfill your needs. What Leah said was, my identity is not on what Jacob does or does not do. My identity is on the Lord. My health is not dependent on Jacob. My health is dependent on God. My all, everything that I want, is not in Jacob. My desires are not Jacob, but God. She went on and had more children, but I believe God put those verses there where she says that she stopped having children to let us know that we will be complete and satisfied when we look to Him and we decide, you know what, in the midst of what I'm living, in the midst of my situation, I will praise the Lord. Amen? God hears you. God sees you. God can meet your needs. He can fill those voids. And you know what the Bible says? That when we seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, it says that everything else will be added unto us. What is it that you need? I'm not saying, you know, forget about being married. Forget about having children. Forget about maybe starting a business. Forget a, No, pursue those things. That's good. But if your priority is God, and when you make the realization that, no, it's not your spouse that is going to bring happiness into your life. I mean, there might be some happiness, but not complete happiness. It's not your children. It's not your job. But God then you will avoid much disappointment. But oftentimes the church is living in disappointments. Why? Because we're looking around to fulfill our desires when we should be looking up to God. You know, David, in Psalm 51, he says, Return to me the joy of my salvation. He's David. A man after God's own heart. And he has lost his joy. And you know why? He had it all. He had a good relationship with God. He had a kingdom. They chose him to be king. He defeated Goliath. He had strength. People were singing about him. And saying, oh, you know, uh, um, Saul defeated a thousand, killed a thousand. But David killed ten thousand. He had everything that maybe you, you could possibly give. To someone. And you know what he did? He decided he wanted someone else's wife. Oh, but if I don't have her, she will make me happy. My joy will come to him. He got into that mess, and we know the story. And he was not satisfied. To the point that he said, God, I've lost all my joy. I have a kingdom. I have my strength, I have my youth, I have power, I have riches, I have one, two, three more wives. 
And yet, I have no joy. But he focused on God. He said, God, I need you. And right now, I want everybody to stand. And I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you have been rejected since you were a little kid. Maybe everybody gets a promotion at work. And everybody skips you. Maybe you never get picked for the team. Or if you do, you're the last one. Maybe you're not your parents' favorite child. You know, maybe the pastor celebrated someone else and they never celebrated you. I'm here today to tell you, God sees you. And he is the one that matters. I'm here to tell you that God hears you. I'm here to tell you that God wants to be close to you. I'm here to tell you that God can satisfy your needs like nothing and no one else can satisfy your needs. And in the midst of whatever you're going through, like Leah, decide that, you know what? I will praise the Lord. I will take my eyes away from this thing that I want, from this thing that I need, from that situation, from my relationship here, and I'm just going to praise the Lord and fix my eyes on Him, and He will take care of the rest. So to finish this message, let's worship the Lord and declare that He is truly the one that can complete our lives. Amen?